If you're talking about it, I'll be talking about it. Dennis Prager here. Join me this morning at 11, right here on AM 560, The Answer. Dan and Amy, President Trump not mincing words about uh, the caravan and border security in the closing days before Tuesday's election. Telegraphing yesterday an executive order that will be issued next week that will deal with some of the topics, at least, that he's been discussing, including... Asylum seekers. Including asylum. Uh, Trump, uh, before uh, one of his rallies, this uh, the one in Florida this week, uh, granted an interview to Jonathan Carl of ABC News where they talked about the caravan and uh, the back and forth about Trump's decision and perspective on the issue and the wall of people that uh, Trump is sending to the border. Okay, you're talking about 10,000, maybe 15,000 active duty U.S. military yeah. to the border, more than we have fighting the Taliban in Afghanistan, more than we have fighting ISIS in Syria. Right. You're really, you're really going to do that? It's very important. We have to have a wall of people, very highly trained people, uh, terrific, dedicated patriots. That's what they are. You have caravans coming up that look a lot larger than it's reported, actually. I mean, I'm pretty good at estimating crowd size, and I will tell you, they look a lot bigger than people would think. A lot bigger, and the composition isn't exactly what uh, the D.C. press corps is reporting per Trump. What we see is deeply impoverished people fleeing violence, many of them women and children. You're going to send 15,000 active-duty well, U.S. military? mostly men, and it's actually mostly young men and a lot of rough people, a lot of rough people, John. They're pushing the women right up into the front, not good, and they're pushing the few kids right up to the front. Trump also uh, restating his belief of in what this is by name and perhaps uh, setting up the national security arguments he's going to make for the action on border security he takes. They can't inv- invade our country. You look at that, it almost looks like an invasion. It really does look like an invasion. Those caravans they are can't... an invasion? Oh, I think so. I think when you look at some of them, when you look at some of the people within the caravan, yeah, I think it could be considered an invasion of our country. We can't have it. For more on this topic, we're pleased to be joined by his eminence, VDH, Victor Davis Hanson, National Review columnist, senior fellow at the Hoover Institution, noted historian, his latest book, The Second World Wars, How the First Global Conflict Was Fought and Won. VDH, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Is uh, Trump right to call this caravan an invasion? Yeah, I think so, because I think, as, as you pointed out, most of the, the majority, maybe even two-thirds, of the people in it are, uh, you know, young adult males. And I think, second, there's not a pressing need for asylum. They're going through Mexico. And Mexico, Oaxaca province, to take one example, has plenty of room. It's had two or three million people leave it for economic reasons to the United States. So there's, they would be welcome, more than welcome, to stay in Mexico, same language, similar culture, uh, more economic opportunity perhaps in Mexico than Central America, but it's, it's about other things. It's economic, it's desire to get out of Central America and have a, an economic future, but the problem, of course, is everybody in the world wants the same thing that they want. They want to come to the United States, so the message they're sending is we're more important than the people in India or Korea, South Korea or Finland or Argentina, and we're going to take that we're going, to, we're going to adjudicate your immigration policy. I don't think most Americans can, can stomach that. Well, we have learned that about 1,300 people have uh, have taken Mexican government officials up on their option to seek asylum there. But the rest that are coming, they, you know, 
I saw a few interviews uh, on NBC where they seem very defiant. They're holding the Honduran flag, now the Mexican flag, and charging forward. Do you feel, do you interpret this as an invasion? Yeah, I mean, there's so many contradictions. Why would you wave the flag of the country under no circumstances you want to go back to, but not the one that you want to enter? Or mm-hmm. why would you claim that you're leaving Central America because of lawlessness, and yet the first thing you're prepared to do when you go to seek asylum is break the law, and then the second thing is to break it again when you reside illegally in the United States after entering? Or, you know, people don't understand if the whole... Um, summation of the anti-Trump um, movement, the progressive uh, critique of the border is that we are a racist, homophobic, nativist, xenophobic country. Why would people want to come into it? So there's so <laughs> many disconnects that the average voter can't, yeah. he can't square those circles. He says, well, wait a minute. The left says we're so bad that people want to come in. They want people to come into this bad place. And, and, they, and you know, they want to come in, but they want to to chauvinistically wave a flag. They, they're, they're afraid of lawlessness, but they want to break the law. And a lot of Americans are saying, you know, nations are, collective, are, are collectives of, of values, and maybe the reason that Central America is in such a mess is that people in the caravan break laws. And when they're home, they break laws, and when they come here, unless they're assimilated and rapidly intermarried and integrated, they all have those same values, and we don't really feel that they're going to be conducive to Americans. So you think it's, I, I think that's what makes that most people, they just don't accept the progressive take on this. Right. It's all the angels in the caravan and all of us uh, devils here at home. Um, let, let, let me ask you this, though. Do you, do you think it's smart, just in terms of positioning for President Trump, just to focus on the southern border? Or would it be better if he addressed the issue comprehensively? By that I mean... Hey, look, I'm sorry people from Scandinavia aren't trying to get into this country through the southern border. Uh, southern border. What we have is Central Europeans, for example, who come into this country legally through our airports and then stay illegally by overstaying their visas. And I want to address all the component parts of border security and national security as it pertains to immigration policy. So I'm going to address the problem we have with overstaying visas, people who come here legally through the airports, as well as people who... Uh, jump air, uh, jump across the border uh, to the south. I'm going to do it all. Would that uh, blunt the uh, racist demagoguery from the left? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be wise, and they try to do that, e-verify, uh, overstaying, as you said, visas when you fly in. Nobody wants a lot of South Africans or Chinese to do the same thing. Uh, you wouldn't want a barge docking off San Francisco Bay and having a bunch of South Africans or Chinese or Finns to come in in the same mass illegally without meritocratic criteria, non-diverse. So I get that. But the problem with the so-called comprehensive immigration, if you look at the history of that, it's really Republicans and conservatives making concessions right. on not amnesty, but saying, you know, you can get a green card if you haven't broken the law, if you've been here a while, if you're not on public assistance. And there's been two problems from the left. One is they look at that 20 million or 11 to 20 million, and they think, my God, maybe 5 million of them are on public assistance or they just got here or they broke a law. They have to go back. We can't have anybody go back. And then two, 
they don't want to build a wall, and yet we know from Israel or Bulgaria or Greece or Turkey or Kuwait or Saudi Arabia, or Hungary, that these walls, while they're not impenetrable, they work. They, they, they radically cut down easy access. So the left is, they, they talk about comprehensive immigration, but they really will never deport anybody under any circumstances. They talk about it, but they, they just don't do it, and they don't want to build any type of barrier because in the end, it's a winning issue long-term from the left. They feel that anchor babies, the amnesties, the second generation, Hispanics, at least for one or two generations, predominantly vote Democratic. They flip California. They think, for that reason, Nevada, New Mexico, they, they eye Colorado and uh, maybe Arizona, maybe even Texas one day. So for them, it's a winning long-term demographic strategy. I think everybody knows that. Yesterday, President Trump said that he told U.S. military that are heading to the border uh, to consider it a rifle if migrants throw rocks. Do you, uh, what is your uh, thought on that? Well, I, I don't know what he meant by fire. I, he could, that could mean a lot of things, rubber bullets or something. But I think if we get to the point that we're using violence, you can imagine that the children and women, even though they're in the minority, will be in the front. Mm-hmm. And that I think they want to pose an optics problem for the United States and Trump in particular that's analogous to what we saw in July with the separation between uh, the, the televised separation of children from their parents. And that led to about a four-point drop in, in Trump's ratings. And it really was the one issue that led to the so-called, at least temporary, blue wave over the summer. So I think that's what they want. And Trump understands that once you get to the border, all you have to do is take one tiptoe into the United States, and if you can claim under this new strategy that you're a refugee and not just a new legal entrant trying to get you know, a job, then the process starts where you can't be immediately deported. So, you know, 10 years ago, we had maybe 20, 30,000 of these people, and now we've got over a quarter million. So it's a progressive strategy that has been pretty successful. That's why we need a wall to avoid this violent confrontation. You don't want that. And yet the left won't build a wall because they think the confrontation works for their long-term interests. Uh, you're in California, and uh, we've talked to you specifically about uh, your home state and on a number of issues that sort of provide uh, insight into the larger issues. Uh, and I wonder, there was some talk earlier this year about sort of a bubbling revolution occurring in California with respect to some of the destructive leftist policies. And I wonder, as we uh, stand here just a few days before the midterms, you know, where that uh, putative revolution stands. Yeah, I, I think what you're going to see in California is that you're not going to see a red wave or you're not going to see a red correction, but you're going to see the margin of victory by the governor, the next governor, Gavin Newsom, be much smaller than everybody thought. Even Protest votes against Feinstein will make that race between two leftists a little bit closer. Uh, in my congressional area, Devin uh, Nunes, they've spent $15 million and demonized him 24-7. I think he'll win by 10. Hmm. The other districts here in the center of the valley are pretty solidly Republican. So what you're seeing is, I think, uh, a Latino middle class is saying, you know what, these uh Illegal immigration, whatever my romantic feelings about it are, they impact my schools, our safety, my kids. 
know, kids no longer speak Spanish. They go to school. Some gangbanger from El Salvador picks on him, calls him a gringo. Um, I'm, my grandmother wants to go to the dialysis to, uh, clinic. We have three in our local town, and all of a sudden, a bunch of people from Central America or Oaxaca are there, and it's crowded. It doesn't work like it used to. You know, the freeways are not very well kept up. There's too many much traffic. People don't know what they're doing when they they come across the border and they get in a truck drive. We've had a lot of hit and run accidents in the Fresno County area. So all of that means that there's a it's a slow, gradual. It hasn't yet been realized to the fullest, but you're starting to see a little pushback and then the media cycle with typhus in LA and hepatitis in La Jolla, feces in Santa Cruz and Market Street in San Francisco. It builds along with the highest gas prices, the highest electricity prices, highest sales tax, highest income tax. That all reaches a point where people kind of shrug and say, you know, it's not racist any longer to say that these guys in Sacramento uh, or this party doesn't reflect my my true my true political you know aspirations or agendas. So and the Republicans haven't been able to capitalize it very well, but I think that's slowly changing. All right, he is Victor Davis Hanson, National Review columnist, senior fellow at the Hoover Institution. The book, The Second World War, is how the first global conflict was fought and won. BDH, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Take care. And he joined us on our turnkey.com.